Hello and welcome everybody to Nobody's Perfect, where things don't always go as planned, of course, but the key is to recognize our weaknesses and ideally learn from the mistakes of ours and, of course, others as well. For example, every organization will need to address the area of poor performance from their employees, but what is appropriate and successful when it comes to managing and responding to those struggles uh, with those individuals? Joining me today to discuss some strategy is Steve Kessel, a training specialist for MRA and an individual well-versed in this area. Steve, thanks for coming in today. Glad to be here. Thanks. First of all, to give people an idea of you know yourself and MRA, obviously, uh, just describe a little about the organization and your experience, basically what you're bringing to us today. You bet. Well, first off, MRA is a them as a is an employer association so we provide uh, it's like a trade association we provide HR and legal and leadership services to members in the upper Midwest on a variety of topics and the role I play there is as part of our Institute of Management in a sense faculty I'm one of the instructors that does our leadership and human resources training I've okay. been doing this for about 30 some odd years more, year, more years than I would care to <laughs> mostly in the manufacturing uh, environment by the way okay so again you know we're looking at this idea of performance and uh, specifically sort of responding to what might be poor performance but before we get into that specific part of it what are the areas of performance that we are talking about I mean are there different aspects really that we need to touch on you know I think about this I think of two aspects of performance. One is what people perform, mm -hmm. and the other one is how. Okay. And that seems to be a, when the organizations that I work with, Tim, there's a, there's a difference there in terms of, am I dealing with performance in terms of somebody's meeting a goal or meeting an expectation, or is it sometimes it's not so much what they're doing, it's how they're doing it. Sure. And my experience has been with managers and leaders that that how they're doing it part sometimes is a little bit trickier to assess. Mm. And in some cases, leaders don't want to address it, by the way. <laughs> well, I always wonder that too, because it, you know, some people would say, well, as long as the job's getting done, it's it. not much of a concern. I mean, yeah. how much of that plays into it? What's your experience? Well, let me give you an example. I think it's a yeah. good question. Um, I, in fact, this is a true, true story. I've had a couple organizations that I've worked with that have said, John is the best salesman we've got, making that up. <laughs> best sales, brings in all the sales, but no one likes working with them. You can't trust them. He violates our ethics policies, <laughs> things like that. And this is what I get. He's a great employee, but sure. – and my response to that, Tim, is I don't think he's a great employee. Hmm. I'm not so sure it matters how much he sells if the way he interacts with his colleagues, the, the fact that he can't get along with people, that also impacts the organization just as much. And so what I'll sometimes tell somebody is you're going to have to decide which is more important. Right. If you're, so, if you're totally just worried about how much he sells or how many widgets he makes an hour, but you're complaining about all this other stuff, decide. And if that's more important, quit whining and complaining about the fact that nobody likes working with him. Hmm. I think that's fair. And as you said, I'm sure it's something that comes up a lot. Yeah. So when we talk about this idea of poor performance, as you mentioned, there are a couple of really the two major aspects of it, but is there a way to go about really judging or performing? You know, it, it just seems very relative. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I'm a believer, and I pre almost preach this all the time, that I think it all boils down to expectations. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe, oh, God, I don't know. I would say probably it seems like 40% of the times that I encounter poor performance, the first question I want to ask is, are you absolutely positive the person knows what's expected of them? Right. The example I just gave you is the salesman does the salesman realize in this case <laughs> that playing well in the sandbox is just as important as selling? If I'm only going to get rewarded in that case for the what I do, then I'm not going to get rewarded for how I do it, or more importantly, I'm not going to get punished in a sense <laughs> for not doing the how I do it properly. I'm going to keep on doing 
what I'm doing. So I'm a believer that I need you need no expectations. The other thing I think is important is that if you, Tim, have five aspects of your job that you're supposed to accomplish, I think it's very important that you know what the priority is. Sure. So, because otherwise you're probably going to do the things right that you enjoy doing more, that are easier, <laughs> that, that somehow you just get, get more jollies out of. The end of the year at your performance review is not the time for me to be telling you, Tim, you should have been spending time on item number three. You, would, you should be saying to me, why did you not make that expectation clear? Mm-hmm. So to me, it's expectations. Now, if we, if we focus on that, let's say that, you know, an employee or employees, they do have those expectations. They understand them. It, it's, I mean, there's that agreement there. But those tasks aren't, you know, they're just not reaching those goals. What is sort of maybe the initial approach to mm-hmm. addressing that behavior? I like to think of it as uh, troubleshooting. I come from manufacturing, and when you're when a piece of machinery is broken, you go through a logical process to figure out what the problem is. Mm. Well, sometimes people are broken; they're not performing. <laughs> so I actually have a little checklist that I use, and I start off and I say, "All right, uh, Mary, there is not performing. What's the reason?" And I go, "Well, all right, let's take a look at the most common or obvious reasons why somebody's not performing them. The first one's the one I just mentioned. Does in this case, does she know what's expected?" Well, let's say we say, no, she knows exactly what's expected. Well, the next question I would ask is, does she know how to do it? Could it potentially be a function of training? Mm -hmm. Well, she's been doing it for 10 years. She should. Well, that's not necessarily the case anymore. Things have changed. And then I go, well, and by the way, those two are some of the most common reasons why people don't perform. And I go, well, no, it's not training. What else could it be? Maybe she's just not getting enough feedback. She's been doing a good job. Everybody's been ignoring her and leaving her alone. She doesn't know how well she's doing, so after at some point she doesn't perform. And then we start going down the list and we're starting to go for things that are maybe not quite as common, maybe not quite. Oh, by the way, those first three things are relatively easy to fix for a leader, mm-hmm. right? Tell you what's expected, teach you, give you some feedback. Maybe it's a function of there's an obstacle getting in the way or there's a problem with the job design that I am not aware of. There's a, 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 bureaucracy, a bureaucratic step that she has to go through that I'm not even aware of that slows her down. Hmm. Or she has to work with a department that I never realized doesn't cooperate with her for, for whatever reason. Or there's software that's out of date. Well, no, that's not the issue. We're not there. Maybe it's something else. My favorite one is that the conse- rewards are, uh, are doled out in this organization inappropriately. I'll give you an example. People who do a good job somehow get punished for doing a good job. There's Mary there. She does a great job. What do we do? We keep giving her more work to do. We just had, we just had a conversation okay. on the show about that. Thank you. <laughs> you know, she's so great, and she, well, might as well give her all the work to do. Meanwhile, her counterpart, that's Mary, this is John. Her counterpart, John, goofs up all the time, whines and complains. What do we do? We don't give him work. We say, well, it's not worth it. It's going to take too much time to explain, to train. I won't give it to him. He's just been rewarded. Another one of my pet peeves, by the way, is when we don't deal with poor performance, mm. even if we ignore it, that's a reward. And by the way, in that scenario, hey, well, John's going to goof it up. I don't have time to teach him. I know what I'll do. I'll give it to Mary because she knows what I do. <laughs> and then after a while, Mary starts thinking, hold it. I'm not feeling motivated anymore because I'm getting everybody else's work. Right. And real quickly, as I'm going down, there could be a couple other things. It could be um, just a bad job fit. We have to realize sometimes we've got the wrong person in the wrong job, which is a hard admission. Finally, the last one, it may very well be that there's something in her personal life, something else is going on that's causing her not to do the job. At that particular point, we're probably talking about something that's out of a leader's control. We may be going there into something like uh, recommending an employee assistance program or some kind of a help for her. Okay. But what I just kind of did is I kind of laid those out in sort of order, saying I kind of look at all my options as sure. I'm trying to 
analyze performance. I want to go back to, you know, you mentioned that sort of the, the most common ones, the idea of expectations. Um, you know, if they don't have the skill or they're not able to do something, you can train them. But the third one I thought was, was kind of key and it comes up a lot, the idea of feedback. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of discussion in terms of, okay, if you're just getting feedback at the end of a year, at the end of a quarter, that that's not very effective. I guess, what's your take for that realm specifically of, of getting feedback and giving feedback to those that are performing poorly in your mind? Well, you, you meant, let me explain something. I think first, I think the feedback is important. And as I mentioned before, the very last time most of the people probably listening to this are used to yearly performance reviews. Sure. That's the last time we should be giving feedback. People should be getting feedback constantly during the year. This is not a Steve statement. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty well, people say this all the time. There should be no surprises during my performance review. There should be nothing I haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. I should be getting regular feedback. I believe you owe it to me if you're my boss, Tim. You owe it to me to tell me if I'm not cutting it. You're doing a disservice to me and you're doing a disservice to yourself by not addressing the poor performance. But by the same token, you're also doing me a disservice by saying, well, Steve's doing a good job. I'll just leave him alone. You You owe me feedback to tell me that I am on track. Sure. I always like to say that rather than doing a, one, a yearly performance review, I think you should be doing my review constantly all year. You should be telling me how I'm doing. In fact, I sometimes tell leaders, you hate doing those performance reviews, right? Because you got to give somebody a rating. Give them their rating constantly. <laughs> say, Steve, right now it's halfway through the year. Right now I'd rate you a meets expectations. Well, you're being honest with me. And if I think I'm a superstar, now's the time to figure out, well, what do I need to do to rise to superstar level <laughs> right. in, your, in your views? Now, if we look, you know, you mentioned earlier and you sort of paused before you said it, the idea of, of punishment if someone is per- performing at a, you know, a level that's you know, not meeting expectations. Mm-hmm. I guess is there is there a progression in terms of, of discipline or however you want to phrase it. I mean, you sort of went down the, the list of, okay, what's wrong, but how about correcting that, that right. side of things? So when, once we've determined the cause of the of the problem, now, if it is training, I'm going to go ahead and train. If it's something that just somebody has, I hate to use, I don't like the word attitude, but it's just that I've got somebody who's motivated, doesn't want to do the job. I think we owe them first off the feedback. And then I believe that we owe them coaching which, you know, teaching and count, coaching and counseling, trying to determine what is the reason you don't want to do the job? Mm-hmm. Is there something going, like I mentioned before, maybe it's something that I'm not aware of. Maybe it is the fact that uh, the job design is that you have to work with somebody who doesn't share information and it's, it's hard for you to do. I don't find that out until I listen to you. Right. But at some point, we're going to have to come up with some sort of a plan to fix it. And so, yes, before we go into formal discipline, I want to have a couple coaching sessions on record. I want to be able to say we sat down. I told you what was expected of you. Uh, Perhaps we came up with a performance improvement plan where we said, these are the expectations I need in the next 30, 60, 90 days. If we don't reach those, yes, then we will probably go through some formal disciplinary action, which would be formal discipline. So with that, that performance improvement plan, I mean, is that something that's that's written up? And yes. It's, I mean, it's, it has a formality to it. With yeah, that. a lot of organizations actually, Tim, have forms that actually are called PIPs, performance improvement plans. But what it would be, remember how important I talked about expectations? Sure. It would actually say, let's say I'm your, I'm your boss. Tim, we're at the point now where we need to start Come, we, start, we need to start making some hard decisions. You need to be at point X within 30 days. If that doesn't happen, we then have another decision to make. Mm. Is it going to be that it perhaps would be best if, you know, you weren't part of the company anymore? Or if it doesn't get better, then we're going to make it more official and start you through formal disciplinary action. Okay. And, of course, formal disciplinary action generally is a few steps, warnings, written, written warnings, and then at some point, we say that it could, doesn't necessarily lead to termination. And by the way, I, b- I believe that we don't, we're not honest enough with employees these days to say, you need to know that this is serious. This could result in termination. Right. 
we don't like doing that. It's a scary thing to say. It's conflict. We don't, we don't want to play the bad guy. But I think too much of the time we don't tell people this is serious. And yes, this could mean you could lose your job. Yeah. And, and I have heard that from people that say, you know, if I just would have had an actual warning, like I could sense something, but to really mm-hmm. hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, Absolutely. I think it would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you mentioned something earlier, too. Uh, you had said the idea of an employee assistance program. Mm-hmm. I guess, can you describe a little bit what that is for those yeah. that aren't aware? Yeah, most organizations through their insurance carrier have some avenue where employees can go for help in personal issues that affect their work. For example, if I've got an employee who's consistently late, mm-hmm. it's likely, likely, it could very well be that there's something going on in their personal life that's causing this issue. A problem at home, problem with kids, their own health issue, um, any, anything like that. And it's very important for a company, if they have any, any resources for that, to offer this to the employee as a way of improving. So let's go back to your and my scenario. We've tried everything, Tim, and I have reason to believe, though you have not necessarily told me, that there might be some, some, something going on in your life that is affecting your ability to pay attention at work, as an example, or your attendance. I strongly want to encourage you to contact our employee assistance program. Call HR or here's the 800 number which I as the manager have. I am not going to ask you what the issue is. In fact, I really don't want to know the issue. What's going to happen though is we're going to ask you to do the following. We are going to ask you to make that contact with our employee assistance program and we're going to ask you to do whatever it is they recommend. If you don't do that, and this is where a leader is going to want to contact their legal and HR department to get the okay on this, but many organizations will say, if you don't do that, that could be a condition of employment. Mm -hmm. All I'm going to ask you to do, Tim, is do whatever they tell you to do. We're going to be checking to find out whether you made the call and whether you're doing whatever it is, and I don't want to know that. That's all we're asking you to do, because this is, in a sense, part of your performance improvement plan, is you need to go get help someplace. And by the way, it's interesting, the, the, the common... Things that people contact employee assistance are, 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 in many cases, sometimes anxiety issues, depression. Interestingly enough, over the last few years with the, when the economy was really bad, I found this interesting. Addiction issues, hmm. gambling, sure. which you would kind of, I can kind of expect that if times are tough, you turn to other things. And what an organization, by the way, will find is they'll let their, from their employee assistance program, they'll find out in general what is the nature of the calls that people are making but no names are ever attached to that. Right. It's just, oh, we're finding that many of our employees who are contacting EAP are calling about, let's just say, personal health issues. Well, that's important for us to know. But it's definitely something that a company needs to do in order for due diligence to say, we did everything we could to help you with this. And we're at the point now where this is kind of the last thing is you need to go through this as a condition of continuing with your employment. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Nobody's Perfect here on localjobnetwork.com radio. This is only, though, part one of our conversation surrounding managing and responding to poor performance. So please check in on part two. You can go to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list. In the upper left-hand corner search box, you can type in Nobody's Perfect, Managing and Responding to Poor Performance. That should pop right up for you. Of course, when you listen to that, you'll be able to hear our expert guest who has joined us. His name is Steve Kessel, a training specialist for MRA, and as I'm sure you've noticed, someone who has a lot of knowledge and experience in this particular area. In the meantime, if you do have any questions or suggestions, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And of course, as always, remember, nobody's perfect, so please watch your step.